jocks in the pool That is not cool, I need the tools Take me to school, feet first Into this league, me first That cannot be, under the underdog Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in with it, win it again You're one and two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat down, got to the best So I keep now, y'all tread in water for weeks Now, now I'm the shark so I eat Now, look, I am not sorry I understood the pun from which I started And never getting these drafts is cathartic, so Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now Dynasty underdog bite down up at the day and the night now easy as flying a kite now come take a look at it right now hey everyone welcome to episode 64 of Dynasty Underdog I'm your host Uriah Dawkins joining with me today is Billy Beeman one half of any given pod awesome to have you back dude last week was a bit of a struggle. I had to kind of go about it or, you know, handle it all myself, which wasn't anybody's fault. I just chose to do that, I guess, but much rather have my partner in crime here. So yeah, man, good to have you back. I listened back to the episode. You did pretty good. It, <laughs> it was like 15 minutes, but did it feel like an hour? Yeah. And it, all, yeah, it really <laughs> did. Like what it's funny. Cause like, I, I knew that I'd get through like, you know, around 20 minutes. So I didn't even really time it. I just Put together some stuff and i just jumped on it like right after i was in a work meeting or something so i just threw it together and then uh editing it was a chore for sure because i you know by myself i'm like taking real long pauses and shit it was it was oh, pretty, yeah, yeah. it was pretty funny uh but <laughs> but yeah no i didn't listen back but i obviously edited it back and it, it sounded like it was okay and i came up with some sort of conclusion there <laughs> yeah, you did good uh, i appreciate that you're right for real all right man um before we hop into some news and nonsense, you want to touch on Scott Fishbowl real quick? How are you doing? Dude, I just had a massive week, 240-point week. Oh, my God. Yeah, it shot me back up into the top 70. So I'm in the top 100 leaderboard there or whatever it is. Uh, hopefully another big week and I can get back in, you know, in the running. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm like three and four, though, somehow. So I have like the most points in my division, but uh, a, a ton of points against me, you know? So how about you? Hey, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, good. I'm still undefeated, but... Last week, the week before, well, this last past week, I did okay, like 200 some points, but the week before it was bad, like 140 or something, but I still got the W. So I, I dropped in rankings, but I'm still undefeated. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. I don't, I don't know. I do not understand this, how, how you're making out seven of the math just doesn't add up with that. How you're, because I think you're a little bit behind me in the rankings right now, in the overall so, yeah. points rankings, but you're seven and oh, and I'm three and four. So it's just a crazy, crazy dichotomy in the matchups that we've been getting or, or the luck that's been kind of falling our way but you are definitely going to make the playoffs so that gives you you know obviously something to look forward to and an advantage there so hopefully we can both make it in there and see if we can make a run at the top you know top 10 or something that'd be great that'd be sweet all right let's talk about some news and nonsense so uh this is a good one khalil herbert is he the real deal you were high on him right you were one i saw someone make a post on twitter was like the only two guys that ever talked about khalil herbert and i'm like well my guy Billy was talking about him a while ago. <laughs> yeah, dude, I appreciate that. Uh, we, we, I mean, we brought him up on Dynasty Underdog, you know, pre-draft, just with us kind of getting into film, you know, film study and trying to put together more of a standardized process, at least for our both film and, you know, data analysis study on these guys pre-draft. You know, we had talked about some of the guys who may, we may not have talked about in the past, some of those lower end guys who didn't really get the draft capital or anything like that. And I think he was a little older, and that kind of, you know, pushed him down in the uh, NFL draft. And it was shocking that he really just didn't get picked up by anybody until very late. So he looks great here. He got an opportunity now that David Montgomery's on IR and Damian Williams wasn't really producing to the level they wanted. 
uh, and Herbert has been. My take on this is that kind of what we had talked about, I think when we first found out that uh, Tariq Cohen was going to be on IR or PUP or whatever, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe Khalil Herbert kind of fits that, could fit that role where I don't think Damian Williams really is that, that type. So uh, yeah, wheels up. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I heard that uh, who you just mentioned, uh, uh, Tariq Cohen, he's on eternity yeah. IR. It's a new designation. Yeah. He just doesn't come back ever. So yeah. no, <laughs> but I, I think honestly, I think, I think Khalil Herbert has taken over the role, has taken over the backup role rather. And I don't really see a need for Tariq Cohen on this team in the future. So I imagine that that'll kind of be farewell to him. And Damian Williams, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll stick around and, and he's a guy. He'll play some of the pass catching role. I mean, he's not a bad, but Herbert clearly, clearly has, has that running back one upside in him where he, he you know, he has at least some sort of vision that Damian Williams hasn't been able to show throughout his career and some consistency on the field for whatever reason, you know? Love it. Next one, Foster Moreau. Is he a buy? I got to give you props because you, you had mentioned him uh, what, it was before the start of the season, right? And we had whispers that Waller was like missing practice after practice after practice, might be not quite happy with his contract, things like that. He is a little bit older. And uh, I think Foster Moreau was a guy that I'd fairly high on coming out of college. I think when he came out of like Georgia or something like that down to Southeast somewhere. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, I picked him up for Scott Fishbowl because Waller was going to be out and I started him mostly because of me thinking back on you saying, Hey man, Foster Moreau is pretty good. You should pick him up just in case. And so I got to give you props for that. What do you think about him in dynasty? I appreciate that. First of all, he is out of LSU. I just looked it up. So, okay, whatever. Who cares? Those Tigers, none of them are any good. Not anymore. <laughs> but yeah, so it was, Waller was, you know, there was word Waller may miss some time early on in the season. And right behind him is Foster Moreau, who is in his third year now. And generally we don't see tight ends really do much until that third year. Now some obviously do something. And we actually did see Foster Moreau catch a couple of touchdowns here and there in his first two years. But, you know, it really takes these guys some time to kind of build up to this moment, you know, we see Mike Kosicki finally hitting his stride now. Uh, there, there's some other ones we could definitely name. You know, Goddard probably is one of those guys too, but uh, he may have been held back, held back by Ertz. There's other guys though. Bottom line is, is you know, Foster Moreau is kind of, I think, you know, in that point of his career where he could take that next step. And he's right behind a guy who is, like you said, older, could, you know, at any time go out to injury and, you know, is probably not going to be there for, you know, the next three years. So I think, you know, they're going to be looking for somebody to fill that role. Foster Moreau has already proven that he can do it. Look, in this game where they were missing Waller, I think he caught six for 60 in a touchdown, something like that. And it was funny, right before the game, I heard that Waller was out and I was like, yo, this could be a fill-in right here for this week because we know how crazy the tight end position is. And I think this just shows you what Moreau could do. And for me, I think in a week or two, everybody's going to forget about him and I want to go get him. That's a great take. Just the fact that what you hit on there was when given the chance, right away, he stepped up and produced right away. Didn't miss a beat. So yeah, he's definitely a guy you could go get for cheap. And yeah, I think if you wait two weeks, it's getting even cheaper. So I love that. Love that a lot. I'll let you do this one. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about Deshaun Watson. The trade talk is heated up a bit. There's a lot of news coming out about him and you know, this kind of drives us over to the conversation about Tua Tagovailoa, right? Because a lot of the trade talk is around Watson heading to Miami. So the discussion that's come up, I think we can kind of two-prong this, right? We can talk about Watson really quickly here. There's there's really a lot of like, a lot of news, but I think it's a non-story because, you know, the Roger Goodell came out today and said that 
essentially they don't have enough information to put them on the commissioner's commissioner's exempt list, which it, it sounds like really concerning information for me because that that means that they're clearly still looking for stuff and anything could pop up at any time and throw him onto that commissioner's exempt list, right? Sure. Or get him suspended. So for me, I think a lot of this talk is just Houston trying to drum up, you know, the best deal they can get maybe in this time and see if they can move him before anything else gets out. Now, what it, what this is really kind of drummed up, in my opinion, is talk about Tua Tagovail and how and how much he's underperformed or how much better Watson would be for the Dolphins mm-hmm. and and that whole thing. So, do you think Watson would be a better quarterback or would be a better alternative than Tua for the Miami Dolphins? I I think I know I know Watson is a better quarterback right now than Tua is. I don't think I don't think anybody's really questioning that. Do I think that? I think, as you said in a thread or in a lead chat earlier today, I don't think that the Miami Dolphins' problem is Tua. Mm-hmm. Tua's had a couple good weeks. He looks like an NFL starting quarterback, taking a little time to get there, as some NFL players do, as most professionals do. You know, you and I, our first job out of college, it's not like we knew exactly what the hell we're doing right away. It takes a while. It takes a while for everybody. To, you know, nobody just like busts on the scene and starts producing like Jamar Chase. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, no, I do. I, I think Watson would be a better um, quarterback for that team, but I don't think they're Watson away from the playoffs right now. So I think they stick with two. I think two was the plan all along and I think he's going to be fine. I, I mean, I, I think obviously I think Watson is a better talent right now and he's clearly the better quarterback. I mean, he's polished, right? Two is not. Two is only as in, only as in his second year, but I think making a move for Watson would cost you so much in mortgaging your future that it would hurt your team probably more than keeping Tua, who is a cheaper option, younger option, probably a more long-term option, and surround your your guy with talent, right? Now, if you bring yeah. Watson over here, he has no talent to speak of still, and probably less in the future. So I just think it's a whole crazy theoretical that that's come up. And, and I think it's really troublesome how much the Dolphins fans, because I live down here, have fallen into it. I mean, I hear it from my father-in-law to, you know, my boss at work, got, got to trade Tua. I just don't see it anymore. I, I, he, he, Mac Jones looks better than him. We got to get Watson. And for me, it's like, dude, are you guys not considering what Watson might actually be just like as a human and like what he <laughs> might've done? Like, yeah. like just, I mean, that's just gone out the window because you're mad at your team because they're underperforming, which yeah. is just crazy to me. So, okay. I mean, that's just that. So let's take this really quick a step further because we've talked a lot about this in our, in our dynasty underdog listener league chat. So we hear a lot of negatives about Tua right now, but two over the past two weeks has been over 70% completion percentage this past week, 80% actually. That's insane. Yep. Two, two games over 300 yards, which is not typical for him. Well, actually, I don't know if he went to over 200 yards in this one. I think he, he went like 260. So maybe I'm wrong on that, but either way, you know, the, the passing game has really come on. He's obviously showing he can get, you know, he can throw it downfield. He can open it up. But still, people are saying, man, Tua, look, Tua looks bad. And obviously, he's throwing a couple of picks here. He needs to clean those up. But if you're throwing 80% completion percentage, I mean, I think that gets cleaned up, you know? Yeah. We heard our buddy Riley, one of our most loyal listeners. Yes. Shout out to Riley. Shout out Riley. Say that Jalen Hurts is just a better quarterback, bottom line. And he just needs the year that we've all given Tua. Are you buying it? What do you think about this? No, I'm not buying it. I mean, if we're talking, are we talking about football? Or are we talking about fantasy football? Yeah, I'll take, I'll take a Jalen Hurts on my fantasy team for a year, but I don't think he's gonna be playing anywhere in like two or three years. He's not as good as Tua. Nobody was tanking for Hurts, right? <laughs> Hurts couldn't 
that, that doesn't even have a good ring to it, man. Yeah. You know, Wentz had to have like a, one of the worst, absolute worst quarterback seasons of all time for Hertz to even see the field. Hertz is just not as good passer. I mean, he, he, he's definitely a football player. He loves the game. People love him. He's a leader, which Riley pointed out, you know, the team loves him, but he just doesn't have the tools to it as, as far as uh, getting the ball to a receiver. Yeah, he, he does. He doesn't seem to have the processing power that Tua has. And even if Tua lacks some of that, that that's the knock on Chase on. I mean, on Hertz right there. Right. Bottom line is, is, I think Tua is getting the raw end of the deal here, in my opinion, just for being on the Dolphins, constantly getting, you know, the stigma that's attached to the Dolphins attached to him. Right. And also his first season was a stinker. So it, it makes sense that, you know, a lot of fans are kind of wary of of going forward with Tua who you know has the injury concerns and all that stuff but he's really I think proven to me this year that he he wants to be there and he's you know willing to do what it takes to improve Hurts he might be able to do that too I just don't think he's gonna have as long of a leash right no I don't think they're gonna give him until mid-season next year to get right and I don't think he has a coaching staff that can do it either so I think just all these factors lead to him likely being out of a job sooner than later and Tua likely stays in a job longer and given more opportunity to continue to improve with pieces built around him that they don't spend on Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And there's a very good chance that Philadelphia has three, I think, first round picks next year. Isn't that the going great for Watson right about now? <laughs> could you see Hertz for Hertz and three first for Watson? I mean, that I sure could. Yeah. I could, not? you why know, not? I mean, unless that team really thinks that Hertz is the guy and they're going to try to spend three high draft picks to like fix, you know, Huge problems. That team has huge problems. I know that Hurts is scoring a lot of fantasy points, but if you're watching him play, he's not looking good. He's scoring them in the last in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, I just I think if you, if you watch him play, you know that Hurts is not. You know he's got a long way to go. So very long way to go. I also last thing on the Watson on the Watson news, I guess, or rumors is that the Panthers are in on Watson as well because Sam Darnold has been an absolute disaster over the past couple of weeks which has, I love it. I love how quickly things change over the first like three mm -hmm. or four weeks. It was, oh, this is the real Sam Darnold, the one we've been waiting for, all that stuff. By the way, we're so smart for selling him. You and we I- We are so smart, yes. In our debut league. God, that, that shit worked out so well. But- uh, oh, but, It's all timing, man. Yeah, but then three weeks later, it's it's Darnold's, it's, it's same Darnold, which I totally got from the fantasy footballers. I thought that was hilarious. He's the same old Sam Darnold, right? Dang. Man, that's that's a brutal one. So I could actually see one of those two things happening. It's just so much, so far-fetched for me to think that a guy, they, you know, like you said, tank for two, that guy is going to just be moved all of a sudden after two great games. It just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't think so. All right, moving on. Jamar Chase with the exclamation mark. This dude is balling out. He's next level. It's insane. Elite. He's so good. <laughs> Do you think uh, preseason drops matter? <laughs> Bro, how amazing was that? We told everybody, don't worry about the drops. Go out and get Jamar Chase from anybody who's worried about this guy. The only thing I was concerned about were those those little rumors of some off-the-field issues, but that that seemed to just kind of go away. Forget about that. This guy on the field is absolutely dominant. I mean, stud immediately out the gate. It's crazy. He made Marlon Humphreys look like a bum this weekend, who, I mean, is already kind of toast. But look, he took on – I mean, there was like three or four guys on one of those plays where he just – took two guys to like two guys hit him on the side of him. He spins and just runs like dude has contact balance, like a running back. It's crazy. Yep. He's strong enough just to take the ball from you, go up and get it. They're like, Oh, you know, he doesn't create separation and all that stuff. You, you uh, follow Fuzu uh, on. To, oh man. He's been, 
yeah, he's been going off today about all these bad Jamar Chase takes. And I love it because everybody knows Jamar Chase is good. Like, I don't understand, like. Oh, you're off from football. Oh, you're off from football. It's going to take time. We play dynasty, folks. We got time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not redraft. <laughs> we got no, he looks like time. a stud. You think he's going to set some records or what? Uh, he's on, he's on pace too, right? He's on pace, he's on pace, right? pace to, to break Randy. I think some Randy Moss records, some rookie records from him. Sure. He could definitely do it. I think the thing here I'm interested in long-term is, is who really pans out to be the number one there. Is it T oh, I know you're or Jamar Chase or yeah. do they both, do they just both dominate? You know what I mean? Which we saw, I, I think we saw T Higgins in that same game, get like 15 targets. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, I think he led the league in target share. That's not, that's not even an exaggeration. It's 15 yeah. targets. So it's like 40% yeah. target share. Yeah. And, and Jamar Chase is still out there balling. So, uh, you know, I, I think they both, they do things a little differently. Obviously Jamar Chase is much more explosive than T Higgins. Just bottom line. He's, he's much more explosive. So yeah, just different players. Yeah. He's got that. But I, I think Higgins is probably still dealing with some injury stuff, you know, coming back, trying to get healthy and get right. I, I can't wait to see this team when they're firing on all cylinders and, and see both these guys really get involved and make the most of their targets. And it was one of those offenses that I think some sharp dynasty minds were saying in the offseason. I don't know if we really bought in it too much, but it's one of those like offenses that you just want a piece of, you know, go get, go get the cheapest piece you possibly can because it's going to be so good for so long. And yeah, like I think I heard the guys like on Rookie Fever talking about that. You just want to get a piece of that offense. And they're absolutely right. So yeah, when we had Dennis Michelson on last or two weeks ago, he talked a lot about having, you know, a lot of players on the Rams and a lot of players on Buffalo and not caring about bye weeks and just rolling with the best squads, right. From yep. the best, the best players from the best teams. And there is something to be said about that. I, I agree with that. I actually have a keeper league and I got, I got Joe Burrow, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase in that one. And I've, I've, I've been winning more games than you'd expect having that, <laughs> you know, having that combo because they're just, they're, they're airing it out every game, man. They're just doing it. And uh, it's fun to watch. They're a really, really fun team to watch. And I think they're actually top of the division right now. Yeah. Crazy. Because they, they beat the Ravens, right? So yeah, that puts them on top. <laughs> beat the crap out of the Ravens. Yeah, man. they did. <laughs> that sucks. I, I had some money on the Ravens, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, next one, some uh, not injury news, but uh, illness news. Devontae Adams out with COVID. And I think, isn't Alan Lazard out too or MVS? One of the two. No, you're right. Alan Lazard is going to be out as well. He actually is an unvaccinated. So he's going to be out five day, five days, no matter what. Yeah, I guess Devonte Adams has a, a you know chance to come back, but I, they ruled him out. So yeah, I haven't seen any players come back in one week. So yeah, so far this year. Yeah, no, definitely not. So yeah, man, you're gonna be missing Devonte Adams and Alan Lazard. You know, you know, no, nothing really here for for us dynasty folks, but it is concerning for this week. So just you know, plan ahead. Plan ahead. That's right. And the next one, some return from injury news, which is really good for one of my redraft leagues. Jerry Judy returns. He was out since week one. So he played week one. I think he put up at least, like, I don't know, 15, 16 fantasy points for your, your squad in week one. And then he hurt his ankle. And it looked terrible. So for him to be back this soon is kind of nice. I, I'm just happy because I, I have a work league. And, of course, these guys know that I have a fantasy pod, right? And I am tied for last place right now. <laughs> I can't I can't fucking win I <laughs> and they, they just make fun of me every day in and out I need some wins man I need Jerry Judy back in my life I thought you're some expert I'm like I just I just talk about it I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> winning's hard guys winning's hard <laughs> if you're a seven to no you're like I am the expert 
I know I can't even tell them like I'm seven and zero in Scott Fishbowl with all these two thousand other teams in my own work league. I can't get a W. You, you you know I find the work leagues are like the hardest sometimes, and it's probably it also it all it also might be like a mind game you play with yourself where you're like I need to be really good in this league, and then you like psych yourself out and fuck it up. I know uh, it's tough. It's tough. It is tough. So that's fine. That's some news and some nonsense. You know, last thing I'll say is last chance to buy Jerry Judy before he comes back and dominates all over again so absolutely if you haven't been able to get any shares this might be your last chance go ahead and do it yeah one more buy low i think guys just like to throw out there has nothing to do with what we just talked about but like juju smith schuster he's going to be out for the whole season right oh that's a great one we didn't talk about this he's like 24 and he's gonna be on a new team next year like i think you could probably get him for like really really cheap right now i just i know i have him in a couple leagues but i was thinking i'm gonna go get a couple more so i bet you can get him for less than the first yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. I, I love that. That's a great one. And yeah, that's he had a shoulder injury and, ha- and is having surgery. So he is out for the season. All right. So we just finished up week seven. So we're about halfway through the regular fantasy football season. I'm not great at math, but I'm thinking seven's right around half. So I wanted, you know, for like some of the newer listeners or the guys who started listening to us because we try to relate to the newer players, we use terms like contending or, you know, rebuilding, or maybe you're not trying to rebuild on purpose, but how can you really tell? if you are contending. And I wanted to kind of talk about some tools that you can quickly kind of tell, like, where do you really sit in a league? Because as you said, you're in Scott Fishbowl. I think you have a, you're ranked higher than me, but your record is three and four. Yep. I'm seven or no, but I'm ranked below you. So that tells me that, Hey, in fantasy football, there's a lot of luck involved, right? There's a lot of, did you set your lineups optimally? Did you, you know, get, you know, did you uh, score the second most amount of points, but you just played the guy who scored the first amount of points. Like those are things you need to look at, not just your record, but like, are you, are you just yeah having bad luck or good luck? So on MFL, I'll pull up our Debbie League here. Reports, standing, power rank. So if you look at that on MFL, because we use MFL a lot, you'll see columns that say win, loss, tie. PF, which is points for, which is how many points you've scored so far this year. PP, which is possible points. How many points could you possibly have uh, scored this year? Next to so you'll see EFF. That's your efficiency. If you're sitting on an efficiency let's say on average 85% and you're still at the bottom half of your league, that means you're really performing pretty highly and you are what your team says you are. If your efficiency is more towards the lower 80%, that means you're just setting a bad lineup. Those are kind of things you want to think about. Like, okay, I may be sitting at four and three or three and four, but I just haven't been setting an optimal lineup. Maybe you need to reach out to some folks who are, you know, smarter with the uh, start set decisions and maybe just tweak who you are setting in your lineups those weeks. Bench points doesn't really matter. Max point four, that's just telling you like, hey, this is the most you've ever scored in a week. Minimum points four this is telling you your lowest score so far this year. One of those things you kind of want to see not a huge difference between max points four and minimum points four. You want to see that your team's kind of consistent. But I think one of the most important things on this page that you can look at is over on the right-hand side, it says all play record. This is your record if you would have played every single team every week. And if you go there and you sort by the percentage, even if you are three and four, but your uh, percentage of all play is like 60% or 0.61, that's just saying that, hey, man, you've had a little bit of bad luck. Your record might not show it, but you could still hang in there. And the other thing is true. So if you're sitting there at five and two, but your all play record is really only like 52% or 53%, that means you'd be getting really lucky. And you might want to adjust based on that. That's just something I kind of want to touch on on MFL. And I know that Sleeper kind of has the same type of thing for you to look at. Did I explain that well? 
no, you knocked it out of the park, man. Absolutely killed it for, for real. I, I love that breakdown because this is a one page on MFL that can show you a lot of information about your team and where you stand within the league, right? And kind of help you make decisions for future, now, whatever it is. So, I, I mean, yeah, you killed that for sure. I love the efficiency part. That's a great point. And the all-play record is, is a really cool way to look at it and see kind of where you stand in relation to kind of everybody else based on your record. Looking right now in our Dynasty Underdog Listener League and Uh-oh. your efficiency, brother, you need to step it up a little bit. You're 5-2 and two with 81.7% efficiency, my guy. 81? Oh, 81. No. I think you could I think you could do a little bit better, bro. You have yes. You have the most possible points in the league. And you're you're currently fourth right now. So this yeah. is actually pretty cool to look at, man. I think you have and honestly, when I played you, I was really worried I was gonna lose against you. And I I I I beat you, and I think it was a lot of luck that that kind of worked out there. I think you had a couple of players perform really poorly that week, namely Herbert and Austin Eckler, who had a really bad week. So yeah, man, this is a cool way to look at it. So definitely take a look at those kind of things to see where you're at and how you could kind of do better within this season. I think something I like to look at to see if I'm a contender is the thing I look at the most to see if I'm, I'm a contender is what other players are scoring, right? Like what the top scorers are every week. And if on average, my team can get anywhere near that, right? Because it's a real, it's kind of a really easy thing to do. You look at the top three or four guys and you know you say like okay they're scoring 200 points is my team even getting 180 on a regular basis because if not you're not a contender you're not even close not even close like that's yeah that's good you know what i mean so mm-hmm. and you can also kind of gauge if you are a contender at that point you kind of see you're like okay i'm in the 190 range but i need another player like i need another stud to get me to where these other guys are and that's kind of how i judge it a lot and how i go about it like even in our debbie league and looking at it you know we've just scored i think around 200 points regularly over the past couple weeks which is something that we haven't been able to do consistently until we made a couple trades yeah but looking at the top end of the league there's a couple guys who scored 230 to 240 relatively consistently and you know we're, we're not right there now on we could get lucky, make it in the playoffs, get there, and they could score 180 and we're good. You know what I mean? But that's not where you want to be. Luck. That's yep. not where you want to be. You kind of want to show yourself up. So, you know, in console wars, that's what I did last year, honestly, is I was looking at the top scorers and I was like, I don't have that one extra piece. And, you know, I thought Mark Andrews has got to be the one because I don't have that tight end piece. And I got that tight end piece and it kind of boosted my points up an extra 15 points a game almost, which really help me just be consistent across the rest of the season. So when I'm, when I'm looking within a season, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And if I'm not able to get up there, then I'm selling, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to sell as much. Like I'm going to try to just build to to 2022 or 2023, whatever works more within that one or two year span, but never further than that, obviously. But I think that's the best way to kind of pick your lane and quickly understand where you're at. And I think that within, you know, the next week or two is kind of the time where you're going to want to be making that. I think a lot of teams or leagues will have like a trade deadline, maybe week 10, week 11, definitely before the playoffs. Some don't have them at all. I, I prefer no to trade deadline, but trade deadlines make trades happen. And that's when you can say, hey, you know, I am out. And you've really got to be real with yourself. Do I really have a chance? Like you're saying, if you're consistently scoring 20 points less than like the other top two guys or whatever, you either really need to put your balls on the table and go get somebody or sell off some of your little bit older pieces to those guys who, who could do it. So I think it's just, it's just an important time of year to kind of take a look at that. It's a great time to bring it up because we are approaching week eight. You know, there's 10 games left, essentially. 
of the of the real NFL season, not fantasy. It's less than that for the regular fantasy season. So, you know, it, it's definitely crunch time and getting you know it's decision time. But just this, it can't be overstated how easily you can go year to year middling or at the bottom of your league if you don't make the decision to rebuild. If you think if you constantly sit there and don't look at what we're talking about the top scorers, if you're not looking at all play, if you're not using all these tools to kind of see where you're at, you're going to think that you're contending or you have a chance every year when you really don't, you know what I mean? Like you can eat, there's 12 other guys and in a dynasty league, they're, they're probably paying really good attention. Yes. So it's, it's really hard if you're not paying attention to these things to kind of make that leap because they are, they're looking at these and they're going, I need to get this player off that team. I need to get, you know what I mean? And they're kind of looking at it. So it's just, it can't be overstated how important it is in the dynasty league to kind of to choose your lane and choose it wisely based on facts, like based on data. Cause like yeah. it's real. Again, just uh, something that crossed my mind. If you're looking at your win loss record only in a dynasty league, it's not like redraft where everybody started with the same player pool that season. You're going up against guys who have been building teams for a couple of years. Your first, say your first six games, maybe you played three guys who are rebuilding. So you got three wins. <laughs> But they were against guys who were putting up like 40 points because they're not trying to. So things like that, these little tools that will help you on MFL, they even have on sleeper, you know, use those to see where you really are. Take a minute and see where you really are. You nailed that last part, man. Nothing worse than like making it to the playoffs, maybe squeaking by a win and then getting booted. And then you're picking at the 109 every fucking year. Like yeah, yep. you don't want to do that. Yep. And, and, and not realizing that you're just squeaking in there. It's you're like, Oh, I'm a player. I was in the playoffs. I'm good. Like, no, man, like anybody can get in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like it's so either way, I think you killed it there with explaining all those tools, man. And, and that point there was awesome at the end. So love it, love it, love it. So quickly, let's talk on some things to do if you are or aren't contending. So I think one of the best pieces of advice is that I could give, I think if you aren't contending, Trade for like those injured players, like the Juju Smith-Schuster we just talked about. He's going to help you out next year. I fully believe that. I'm a Juju Smith-Schuster believer still. I would say go try to get him. Cam Akers, a guy that I said on here notoriously, I was like, I'm done. I'm out. Like, I think I traded him three days after his injury. I'm not looking so smart now because he's out there doing drills. He might come back next year and be okay. He's a potential injured player you could try to trade for. Um, guys like that, because you get him cheap. And you're not going to need them this year. They're not going to put any points on your bench for your possible points. They're not going to ruin your draft position or anything like that, but they can help you out next year. So try to get those guys. Sell off your old guys who are producing to the people who are contending and try to get some players who are injured. No, that's, that's a great one. Damn, man. That we didn't mention Cam Akers who has been, he's been rehabbing and actually back out on the field, which is absolutely insane. I can't even believe it, yeah. which give, gives me some pause too. Like I, I was never in on him, but it just like how, how fast it's coming back. It just kind of scares me. But, uh, you're right. You may be right. You may have been able to get more at some point because he's coming back now, but who knows either way. I I think it's a, it's definitely some good advice to go out there and look at these injured players that you can trade for who are going to come back next year and be perfectly fine. Right. There's, there's Mm -hmm. no reason Juju Smith-Schuster can't come back from a shoulder injury. This isn't a knee injury or anything like that. So you can kind of, you can kind of pick and choose your spots on on the players you want to go ahead and get. You know, you mentioned the trade deadline. I think that's also a great, great time to kind of, wait and you can squeeze on your on your uh on your league on your league mates to kind of sure can you know get the most out of them these guys are contending for a title at this point they don't care about a rookie draft they don't care rookie draft don't matter they want the (laughs) money and they want the title and they want the bragging rights you know what i mean so you can really kind of take advantage of them and say look like i know you got to go for the championship you have a week left to do this do you want him or not 
give me the first, give me the second, and give me this player, you know, who's injured on your team, and we'll make and it happen. Win. Yeah. Yep, and we'll make it happen. And and we've we've both, I think, done this in console wars. Over I've the seen past it happen. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think the biggest overpays I've ever seen with smart, good dynasty players in what are three ish years of playing dynasty is right toward the trade deadline. It's like they're willing to give more because they know they're just like that one or two pieces away and they'll, they'll pay extra. So if you could hold out till then do it. Plus the uh, picks are still pretty cheap. So yeah, squeeze them. Yep. I think one other thing you could probably do is kind of be a waiver wire whore in a way. Right. And, and you can kind of, because you, because you don't care anymore about this current season, you can really maneuver on your roster a lot, right? You can take guys off IR that don't matter anymore. You can drop guys and you can put new guys on IR and you can really kind of, you know, adjust your roster and turn your roster and, and also hold players that others might want Oh yeah. throughout the season. So my advice is, you know, since you're not going to be paying attention so much to like start sits every week, then just scour your way or waiver wire, go read dynasty sleeper articles on dynastyfootballfactory.com because I write them every week. Go, get all the information and go seriously, go dig deep because this is the time when you can get ahead of your opponent for next season when they're focusing on this season, you know? All right. Talk a couple of trades. Yeah. We're talking trades. I mean, we may as well, right? Do it. All right, cool. So I made two trades this past week, one in console wars, and it's definitely coming back to bite me immediately. And you know what? I've made two trades this season for players that I don't really believe in. I've talked about it a lot. Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders is a guy who I don't really buy into and Antonio Take Gibson. That, Lewis. <laughs> and Antonio Gibson is a guy who I don't really buy into. And I also bought him for a deal that I actually regret much more than this one. So that's something personally I'm going to take into this offseason and kind of reevaluate myself on is like, why are you making these deals for these players when you're, they're not even players you want? They're just the players that you can get right now. You know what I mean? And I could probably wait, but either way, that's a whole nother story. So the trade here for Miles Sanders is Melvin Gordon plus 222 seconds for Miles Sanders. I don't think it's that bad. I, think I don't think that, it's that bad. I think Melgo could probably score similar to more points throughout the season because Miles Sanders is now injured, but uh, either way, he probably could have scored similar. So maybe I gave up a little too much future value, but for me, the thought process was Melvin Gordon was a guy who in any roster I've had him on, it's like impossible to move him and he's just an anchor. And so it, it was like basically getting younger at the position right here. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And hoping that my, that Miles Sanders either – you know, starts getting the usage he deserves because he does seem like he deserves more than he's getting or coaching staff change. He moves to another team, whatever it is over the next year or two. And it works out. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's, that's literally the, the kind of bet I made, but I'm contending in this league. I'm doing pretty well, better than I expected. And now I'm looking at it. Like maybe I could have got something better for this package, but I don't know if that's true. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be able to trade for miles, uh, Sanders at this point in the season uh, I, I, smart right and you're you're paying two seconds to get a younger at the position Melvin Gordon is splitting time with Javante I don't know how long that'll carry on honestly I think uh, Javante's getting a little more play than I thought he would just because I thought they'd run Melvin Gordon to the ground but he you know he's we he doesn't have a future next year that we know of right it could be anywhere or no, or nowhere I don't hate it. The fact, I mean, I'm not a huge Miles Sanders guy. The fact that he got hurt, I am sorry, bro. That sucks. But Trash, I see, right? I see why you did what you did. Uh, I don't, I don't hate it. You know, I could look back, you know, hindsight and be like, you idiot. But you, you're, you're buying some youth for two twenty, uh, for two seconds, like whatever. Yeah, I mean, obviously it looks bad now, but I agree. I think like the plan was or the the process was right. 
results not so much i wish yeah. i i wish and I, I i was talking to this guy for like weeks on this i i wish i could have gotten just one second in melgo and got it done but wasn't gonna happen so all right that one that one's a tough one okay last one here for me is a Debbie trade, uh, no Debbie picks. Well, actually one Debbie pick, but makes it a little bit easier knowing the players. So here it goes. I, I traded away a bunch of young guys. I traded away Trey Lance, Brees Hall, the running back for Iowa and Drake London, the stud receiver for USC right now. So mm-hmm. I traded Trey Lance, Brees Hall and Drake London for Josh Allen and a 2023 second Debbie depleted thoughts. Yeah. Why not go get the stud quarterback who you know is going to be a stud quarterback for a while? Trey Lance, we don't know. We still haven't really seen him. Uh, we know what his college history was like. It's not very thorough, so we don't know. He he, he could bust. Josh Allen can't, right? Brees Hall, we don't know. And I love London, but I also have questions about his size and stuff. So I could see why both teams would do that. Um, but yeah, I'll take the Josh Allen side. Until I mean. If we had seen more of Trey Lance this year and he was doing stuff, that's not something I'd do. But since we haven't, just take Josh Allen. Yeah, yeah. And look, uh, that's I, I definitely agree with that take. That's, I, I traded for Josh Allen. So obviously that's kind of the line of thinking that I was going with there. And to be honest, I'm in that league. I don't think I'm really contending this year, but I don't think it matters. Honestly, I no. think Josh Allen has enough longevity and youth and talent to kind of last – you know, the period of time I would need to get myself into that, con- in that contending uh, space. The, the 2023 second back was something I actually added on. He sent it over just Josh Allen for this package. And I was like, look, I, I want, if I'm giving up youth, I'd like to get some future youth back. Right. Yeah. Of course. So, so that's kind of what the idea was just to give people my thoughts real quick. I mean, Trey Lance, I think he'll be okay. I don't know yet, but definitely, you know, seeing him compared to Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, any of these guys who kind of have been like starting the whole time, it is a little concerning. You wish that he was a little more polished already and, and kind of, you know, didn't, didn't kind of underthrow these wide open deep balls and stuff. But again, I think he'll be fine. I still, I still have him on some rosters. Brees Hall, my biggest issue with him is I don't think he has top end elite speed. And I think it's going to kill him in the NFL. Like I saw him make this huge run this past weekend, or it may have been the weekend before this, this really long run. And he ran out of gas, like 20 yards to the end zone. And I was like, I mean, you, you can, you can correct some of this, but I, you could tell that the speed wasn't there and NFL defenders were going to catch him. Drake London. I like the kid, but again, I think for the Josh Allen package, I'm, I'm all in. Give me the guy who is the proven talent, 30 points a game. You know, you can expect from this kind of guy. So I, I love it. I'm, I'm very happy about it. You know, all three of those pieces you sent over, they could all bust. Josh Allen won't. So yeah. Yeah. We already know he's hit. Yep. And this is also me. You know, I know risk adverse. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I mean, definitely that is me being risk adverse, but no, this is also me kind of without saying it, saying I, I definitely was not right on Josh Allen. Yeah. Both fantasy and, and real life. Now I, I still maintain that in big moments, I think he could cause his team problems, but he's a damn good quarterback. Yeah. I, he worked hard at that. He worked hard at that. The leap he saw from his rookie season to a sophomore season, that doesn't happen with everybody. So he worked his tail off and good for him stud all right last our last segment here i don't know if you got anything but i like this one we're gonna do a little halloween segment heading into the holiday (laughs) oh i love it man you don't even need a producer bro this (laughs) i got the effects right here so the players you're most scared of making you look bad sure okay so i'll start off i got two 
player I am most scared of making me look bad is Rashad Bateman right now. The Sammy Watkins injury is really causing me some distress because I think if Sammy Watkins wasn't injured, he wouldn't see be seeing as big of a role as he's seeing already, which was already reduced in the second week of him coming back, just so you know. He saw less time on the field and I think less target share this past week. But regardless, he I think he caught some uh, long passes downfield. He obviously showed he can get open. And they're and they're trying to get him involved. For me, I still think that volume and and you know the the target opportunity is going to be a problem long term because I don't mm-hmm. think that it's just going to be you know Bateman Hollywood the whole time. I, I think they want more players on the field. So either way, I think that he can make me look really bad because he obviously looks like he can play. And and if if he takes the step that I don't think he can take, then he's going to be a stud. And uh, yeah. you know, and then and then I uh, I was wrong. So. Yeah, yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> I, I am not scared of Rashad Bateman. I am happy to see him out there. He made some clutch catches, like when he needed to. He looks good, man. Coming off a groin injury, groin surgery. Uh, yeah, he looks good. I don't know if uh, Sammy Watkins being out there would have made a difference at all, but we'll see. <laughs> I love that. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, Rashad Bateman can make me look bad. Love it. Sure. All right, my next one, Mike Williams. This is super, super easy. Actually, number nine, but that's because of the bye week. So, you know, Mike Williams, top 10 guy. He's obviously up there with the with the best of them. I traded him for a 2022 second this past offseason. And I'm really scared if he just keeps this up. And it's not this year. It's really more is he going to keep this up for the next couple of years? Because if he does, then I look like a complete fool, man. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, I just got too impatient with a guy who... I felt I didn't need, but I should have seen it. Justin Herbert going to, you know, be passing the ball constantly going to, you know, he, he's a big play guy. I should have seen it. If he gets healthy, it was right there in front of me. And I just kind of let it slip by. Yeah. I mean, I, it's not like Mike Williams wasn't a guy like I was touting, but he's a guy that I was always trying to keep. I just really like the player always have like coming out of the draft. Everyone's like, Oh, you know, he's got back problems. He's not, you know, first round wide receiver. I'm like, I think he is. It took a while to like, prove that he is i don't know what's gonna happen you might be right long term but this year he's making you look pretty dumb i don't I don't know man i don't know if i'll be right long term because it's i don't know he's young enough to where he he can have a good four years in him and he's one of those guys it's weird because he's one of the guys i like he's a bigger body guy yeah you know, he plays on the outside he has a size and speed but it was just it was the risk averse nature that got me you know where it's like he keeps getting injured i could probably get better option for this and i think i ended up turning the second and another second into Jalen Waddle. So it wasn't the worst thing, but I think I might've been able to get to that position anyway and still had Mike Williams on my team. Yeah. And if you were trying to get out on him now, like you would have got a lot more, but yep. you know, he, he didn't have a very good career up to this point. So, you know, I, I don't blame you. Very inconsistent, but he looks healthy and he looks strong right now. He looks like a different player. Oh, let's see if I could come up with one, but, uh, you know, I got to say, I've been right about a lot of these players. So I, I don't, <laughs> you know, like one I was worried about was like CEH. I really, cause you know, I told you, we've talked about it on here quite a bit. CEH, Antonio Gibson, those are guys that like could have easily been like just balling out of control. And I would have had to delete some of the episodes that we recorded, <laughs> but they're, you know, maybe by injury and all the other stuff, like they're not performing, but they're not performing. Devonte Smith. I'm worried about him. Great one. Yeah. One, he's an eagle, so I don't want him to do well, but also I made fun of his legs and all types of stuff throughout the, the draft process. I didn't think he's a really good receiver. I know he won the Heisman and all that, and like it just sounds crazy to say he's not very good, but I looked at it analytically, and I'm like, this guy does not have a chance to be very good. And, uh, you know, if the Eagles do use those three first and they go get Deshaun Watson, 
I could look really dumb because Davante Smith will have the best quarterback he's ever had. So I um yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm worried about him. I'm worried about him. Let's put it that way. No, that's a great one. I think Devonte Smith could make us both look foolish. Uh, we we talked about we talked about that a lot. How his size was a concern, and how and we I think we all probably faded him and just didn't didn't ever draft him. You know what I mean? Nope. And he looks like he can play. I'll tell you what, he, he looks play. good. Yeah. yeah, he does. So he's definitely one that I'm I'm scared of making me look bad as well. Awesome. Anything else you want to cover? No, man, that was great. That was good. All right, man. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Please follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog at Just Your IFF. Follow Billy and Josh's pod, Any Given Pod. Follow Willie at Willie Beeman DFF and Josh at Josh Goldberg AGP. Y'all have a good night. Later, fam.